Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Wooly, bully, wooly, bully. Watch it now, watch it. <laughs> 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 You're listening to What's This Dow All About? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn What's This Dow All About? Everybody and welcome back to What's This Dow All About? My name is Todd Perry. With me is the great Dr. Carl Totten. Oh, hello all. Great to be here. And uh, on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about Alan Watts's backwards law. Mm. What the heck is that? We love Alan Watts. And uh, chapter 25 or 65 of the Tao Te Ching. But before we get into that, we just got to let everybody know. Got to let everybody know. Um, that if you go to whatsthisdow.com, uh, you will find we have a donate link, and if you hit us with uh, 15 bucks, we'll send you an unreleased episode, Finding Talents in Chapters 42 and 53. Hit us with 35 bucks, you'll get that, as well as three uh, about 40-minute long uh, meditations by Dr. Carl Totten that will teach you, amongst other things, how to get to the sacred space of the heart. Mm-hmm. Which is really into a space of unity consciousness and compassion for all things. And it's not that we're trying to be greedy here, trying to bilk the audience, but it does take time and money <laughs> to to make these things happen. And, you know, studying and writing and driving and uh, paying <laughs> for uh, the web service and all that uh, to do the show. So uh, your help is greatly appreciated. You know, and this is such a labor of love that, you know, most of the time I, you know, I don't even really think about how much time, energy, effort we put into no, I don't you know, these, these shows. And I, and I know, you know, every episode, uh, you know, li- I mean, literally hours of preparation, you know, have gone uh, into it, actually. Yeah. And, uh, but, but doing it is such a joy that, you know, it, it, it go, it's like almost unnoticeable, but, but it's there. I think that's uh, not so frequently discussed uh, aspect of Wu Wei. Mm-hmm. Is I we are acting when we do this. I mean, we are putting forth energy. We are um, exhausting our resources and energy doing it. I mean, I'm not saying we're exhausting. You know what I'm saying? Like we are expending energy. We are acting, making mm-hmm. it. But it feels like non-action because it's effortless to yes. do because our hearts and minds and souls are in it and we enjoy it. Right? Yes. And yes. it it is true. It's when you're doing something you enjoy, you can do it all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're doing something you don't enjoy, it wears you down, <laughs> even if it's the same amount of energy is expressed. Mm-hmm. That's called Flow, by the way. Yeah. Famous book by one of the fathers of positive psychology, Mikhail Chichinzuki, whatever his last name is. Yeah. <laughs> Very difficult to uh, pronounce and spell even. But he has a famous book called, you know, best-selling book called Flow. Okay. Flow. flow. Yes, I've, I've heard of that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't heard him speak last year. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> out at uh, Claremont Graduate School. Okay. Yeah, he's a professor out there. Well, cool, cool. Uh, Dr. Totten, you said something great. We were in between recording shows, and uh, you had a great... We, I w- we were discussing uh, the fact that people often, when... You know, only a small percentage of emails that get sent to us wind up on the show. Um, and many of the emails we receive or tweets at what's this Dow uh, that we receive are people that are in, you know, a certain amount of stress or discomfort or they're having challenges in life. And then they want advice about how, you know, Taoist ideas mm-hmm. can help them with that. Yes. And Dr. Totten said something great. He said that... Uh, the, this wisdom by Lao Tzu, by Chang Tzu, the, the Taoist ideas, give us an extra muscle in order to combat these challenges that we have. Mm-hmm. And you, you called it the Tao muscle. And I just thought that was <laughs> such a great metaphor. And then thought it was, it was this wonderful muscle that actually gives us the strength to go through these situations with ease. Yes. Right? Which yes. is powerful. It's, strength, it's, it's like a paradoxical strength that the Tao gives one. <laughs> Yeah, well, we we know that the Tao is ever present and is ever uh, full, and and I think a lot of people get into life situations where they're feeling a lack of something. They're not they're not feeling full. They're 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 struggling w- with something, and they they need some help. And um, you know, we've studied and continue to study these ideas, and we're more than happy to be of assistance. And, um, you know, I, I think that ultimately, why are we here on earth if not to help each other, you know, if not to provide the space and support for each other? I mean, I, I literally have received emails from people who said that our show, shockingly to me, but maybe it shouldn't be, has saved their life, that they were literally considering suicide because their wow. life was so unsatisfying but by listening to the ideas that we've been presenting and the way I think the manner in which we presented, uh, they they have received enough support to then begin to examine themselves and their life and have found options that make their life now meaningful enough to continue living and not take their lives. And even one of those makes all of this more than worthwhile. Was it the there's a Hebrew expression is like some to save one life is to save the world yes and you know as as you i think you texted me the other day talking about ram das saying we're all just walking each other home yes right isn't that beautiful and somebody who tweeted at me the the other day you know again he's thanking us for the show saying that he was you know having a difficult time given the political climate in america and you know this show has helped him from completely losing his mind and I just thought to myself, well, the great thing we have with Taoism, you know, y- you can uh, read, you could read these things, you can adjust them, you could try to uh, apply them to your life. It doesn't mean that your life is going to be perfect uh, for the rest of your days, but what it does give you is the invaluable escape hatch or a path to jump back on yes. or to know uh, that it is effective. And I, right. I think that the Taoism kind of lights that way that we yes. can all kind of know and jump back on the path or, a, you know, a kind of a true north for yes. our journey that began with one step. And you know what that's called? Hope. Yeah. Which is very important because if a person is feeling depressed, distressed, whatever, and is feeling helpless 
as a result of that, they're going to be very depressed. And then if you add in that last element, no hope, now they are truly a danger of suicide. Yeah. Because they, they see no way out. Yeah. And they see nothing but unremitting pain for the rest of their life. And so what's the solution? in the life. And that will end the pain. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're here to uh, be a beacon of light and hope, you know, so that, yeah. uh, you know, people don't get into that uh, desperate uh, situation and find uh, life rich and meaningful because the Tao is very rich and meaningful. That's right. And contains everything, literally yeah. everything. And hopefully, uh, you know, I think just some of the words in here can sometimes just jog something loose mm-hmm. that's preventing us, that removes a barrier. You and, know. you know, the old saying, this too shall pass. It's yeah. true. <laughs> the situation we're in in the world right now, this too shall pass. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so Gets us to Alan Watts, backwards law. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? I snuck something in the prep I didn't tell you about. Because this is going to take the show in a different direction. We are going to talk about all those things. But just real quick, I found this news story. And I want to get your opinion, Dr. Totten. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. The Dow is full of surprises, too. Oh, and this one is, too. <laughs> So I want you to tell me if this is a real thing. Wellness influencer, metaphysical Megan, debuted something known as sunning, where she lays nonchalantly on a rock with legs spread and where the sun doesn't shine facing the sun. Oh, my gosh. She claims that 30 seconds of sunning, your area, is the equivalent of a day, a full day of sunlight with your clothes on and vitamin D. Megan explained that the source behind this practice is an ancient Taoist practice that originated in the Far East. In Taoism, the Hui Yin is called the gate of life and death. This is a gateway where energy enters and exits the body. I first learned about this type of sunning through my studies of Taoism and tantric practices. So so basically, is this a thing in Taoism where people are... uh, Put, putting their keister towards the sun <laughs> and sunning themselves for extra energy, or did she make this up? I no, gotta... no, she actually did not make it up. Uh, the, the, it is part of uh, some tantric uh, practices to provide energy, one, energy, because the sun obviously is an incredible source of energy. Uh, again, into that uh, area, you know, the where the conception vessel at the um, uh, you know bottom of our uh, groin area mm-hmm. begins, it can definitely be activated apparently by the direct exposure to sunlight. And there's a big acupuncture um, uh, meridian opening there oh. that then is the beginning, like I said, of the conception vessel, and all the yin internal organs are connected to that. So in terms of... Uh, kind of Taoist vitality and uh, some of the things from Taoist and other uh, tantric yogic practices, it actually is a, is a practice that I have, have heard of. Mm-hmm. So no. she didn't make it up. No, It, it, it is a thing. Well, I just thought, you know, like, people don't know a lot about Taoism, you know, and, and that got a lot of press. So I'm just thinking if I say, you know, somebody, oh, yeah, I'm into Taoism, they're just going to think I, <laughs> I sit on my roof with my butt towards the sun. It's not a typical practice, but it, it's out there. <laughs> okay, good. Just checking. <laughs> yeah. 
hopefully you you live in a place that um, you know that not uh, dark for six months out of the year. Right? That'd be tough, yeah. If that was how we got by, wouldn't do you know, well in Alaska. You know, up, yeah, up in the northern cl- climates up there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know where you have the northern lights and you know no sun for six months. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that would be tough. <laughs> And you'd look awfully strange. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to start doing this and my neighbor's going to be on his roof one day. Go, what the hell is Todd up to now? Uh, maybe, like, maybe just stay inside and get a sun lamp. Yeah. <laughs> one day it was a nice day and I got out of the shower and I just had like some board shorts on or whatever. I said, oh, let's go outside and meditate in my courtyard. You can't see me from the front. And mm-hmm. sitting with my shirt off meditating in the sun. It was, it was very mm-hmm. nice. And then my cleaning lady came home came in and opened the door and saw me just sitting there meditating with my shirt off. He was like, oh. And I was like, oh, sorry. Sorry, this is weird. I know. <laughs> Get clothes. Hey, this is Southern California. We're casual out here. That's right. right. Yeah, go to the beach. You'll see the same thing all day. I just, you know, I was, she was probably just surprised how pale I was. <laughs> I was you, you need the sun. Yeah. You can tell this is the third show when we get real casual. The third show in a session. But real quick, my wife and I went to Costa Rica for our honeymoon. And we were in the pool. And we were hanging out with these people from Pennsylvania. And they go, why the hell are the people from L.A. the palest people in the mm. pool? So that's, mm. how, that's how we're living right now. Hmm. So let's get on to Alan Watts' backwards law. Uh, this is this is interesting, um, and hopefully, after we state this, Doctor Totten can explain us how we get out of this mm-hmm. truth that, uh, or how how do we make benefit of this truth? And this is by Alan Watts, who, uh, if anybody is not familiar with him, he's written some of the greatest books on Zen, Taoist philosophy, and Buddhism, and kind of yes. Eastern thought in general. And he's a wonderfully funny man. Completely insightful, and I think if anybody ever just got it right about the way the universe works, it has to be him. Brilliant mind. And you can hear many of his talks on YouTube, but just he is brilliant. unbelievable and funny. Yes. He, he said he, he referred to himself as a, was it a, a spiritual entertainer, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. great. Um, the idea that the more you pursue feeling better all the time, the less satisfied you become as pursuing something only reinforces the fact that you lack it in the first place. The more you desperately want to be rich, the more poor and unworthy you feel, regardless of how much money you actually make. The more desperately you want to be sexy and desired, the uglier you come to see yourself, regardless of your actual physical appearance. The more you desperately want to be happy and loved, the lonelier and more afraid you become, (laughs) regardless of those who surround you. (laughs) <laughs> and if you look at this, yes, you'll all, 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 often find when there are people who are models or whatever who are being interviewed, they're often more insecure about their looks than those of us uggos walking around, right? <laughs> and you find that, you know, people who are very wealthy are always like, oh, I don't have any money. You know, I'm, I'm poor, right? Because I think, you know, people get into um, comparison too much. Yes. Which involves too much self judgment which becomes self-criticism yes and self-loathing <laughs> and self-loathing because it's never enough so you know if we're never content with where we are if we're always striving for something or, or to be someone or something else than we are and if we allow external sources of validation the media the, our culture you know to say what is our ideal it's unlikely that we'll ever be truly happy i think 
you know, it goes back to what we've discussed about, you know, last show about, you know, gratitude and, you know, knowing when we have enough, you know, happiness or contentment, I think really starts with loving who we are in the present moment and following our heart naturally, internally, rather than allowing external factors to set our agenda for our life. You know, we need to kind of stop and smell the roses, so to speak. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, we need to appreciate what we already have done, uh, how far we've already come. And and then we can appreciate who we are for what we've already done. uh, And and then assess if it's in our nature to embark on another part of that journey of a thousand miles by taking another step. Mm -hmm. But the present moment which is full of the Tao in all of its essence and fullness, actually contains the entire abundant universe. You know, I I often talk about my Zen master, and he says, you know, every talk is about present moment and living in the present moment. And then one day he explained the reason why is because the present moment contains the infinite universe Everything in existence and has ever been in existence and it will ever be in existence is right here in the present moment. And if you have that, you are immeasurably rich. <laughs> yes, yes, right. It's gratitude. Every Everything is right now. It's all, that's all you got yeah. is this moment. No matter how much money in your bank account or not in your bank account, <laughs> if you make right now work, then hell, you got everything. And, but but our narrow perceptual focus, you know, like the horse with the blinders on, <laughs> yeah. you know, we tend to only perceive that which is within that narrow uh, scope of our focus. And that goads us then to chase after tangible things that even when attained will be unfulfilling because then we look for, well, what's next? What else? You know, you know, it's ne- again, it's never enough. And one of the, axioms about Taoism is that you know a Taoist knows when they have enough yes you know you don't have to have everything you just have to have enough mm-hmm. you don't have to be perfect you just have to be enough right you know good enough you know if you have, if you're a good enough parent you know if you're a, a good enough therapist you know if you're a good enough business person you know if you're a good enough artist if you're a good enough singer songwriter you know, if you're a good enough carpenter, if you're a good enough plumber, if you're a good enough cook, if you're a good enough human being, if you're good enough, it's enough. Yeah. It's enough. It's never going to be perfect, and that chase after perfection will lead often to us being very uh, unhappy. Yeah, I don't, perfection may not exist. And it may not exist, you know. Well, it kind of like reminds me of some of the Buddhist teacher teachings about you know co- you know uh, trying to constantly uh, be attached to things that are ultimately impermanent, and that's a prescription for unhappiness. What mm-hmm. he called he called suffering, mm-hmm. because all these tangible external things we hold on to are not going to last forever. It's impossible. They're not permanent. Yeah, you know they 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 definitely have an expiration date on them, <laughs> right? Right. And if we constantly strive and try to grasp these things, then the very act of grasping them tends to squeeze the life out of them, actually, yeah. <laughs> and actually makes them uh, their ultimately unsatisfactory nature become apparent even earlier. 
even sooner. And so I, I think that, you know, one of the things that we all have to learn how to do is to learn how to kind of just relax and be comfortable with what we already have and where we already are. Because then, then you can take a breath and then reassess. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm here. If, if there's a next step, you know, what is it? And the next step should follow what? The Tao. Because the Tao is always changing and growing and evolving. And we need to be in step with the, the Tao. But does it mean we need to acquire more? Or does it, need, does it mean that we really need to just relax more? And have more space in our hearts to be content with where we are and what we have. That's right. See, that's a change too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, I think that a lot of people listening are probably going through what I'm going through with this, and that's this part of the backwards law. Because obviously, if you're listening to this show, uh, self improvement is probably a priority. Um, you know, you want to self improve through the Tao, and sometimes. Chronic fixation on self-improvement is the most damning thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because I, I'm into self-improvement, hopefully, and I'm into Taoism and different ideas. Uh, then I can wake up in the morning and really feel a lot of self-loathing because I haven't reached that thing yet. <laughs> I haven't kept this idea top of mind. There's so many ways to fail or to perceive that you're failing mm-hmm. in, in this right. type of thing um, that sometimes I get down on myself and I go... Love yourself for, for a bit, you know. You're not doing that bad, uh, but but that's tough when your your constant focus is. You know that you you can reach this pinnacle if you really apply these ideas. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe that pinnacle doesn't even exist, right? Mm-hmm. But um, and maybe it's not even a pinnacle because it's all about balance anyway, right? And it's all about when unfortunate things happen, incorporating them and feeling gratitude for the unfortunate things because they open the door for something fortunate Mm -hmm. or they balance out and make when something fortunate happens feel that much better because you've had misfortune right right? and often they teach a lesson too yeah you know when you see something uh, inappropriate or out of balance happening uh, well there's a lesson Uh, don't don't repeat that (laughs) You you know that led to very unfortunate consequences you know you know, I, I often say that, you know, Earth, in my opinion, is a school, a school of hard knocks. Yeah. You know, we're here to take some, learn some hard lessons, you know, but that doesn't preclude learning them periodically. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to always just keep struggling and suffering, you know. And if we, I think, yeah, so, you know, it, again, it's finding balance with self-improvement. Mm-hmm. At sometimes you go... Maybe I don't need to be better, you know, in a way, right? I mean, there's always we could better, but sometimes sit down and go, you know, I'm just can yeah. I just be me for yeah. a week? How many you know? self help books do you have? Oh, I've Lord. got five hundred. <laughs> I hide them so when people come over, they don't think I'm a rat. <laughs> you know, will six hundred make you better? Yeah, six hundred first. That's why you know I just kind of at this point in my life stick with this because I know this works. It's like the old Alcoholics Anonymous thing, like it works if you work it. Right. And that's right. kind of how I see Taoism, like, you know, uh, other philosophies or spiritualities, they uh, try to hit you over the head and say, this is the only way to God, or mm-hmm. this is the only way that one should be living their lives or whatever, and you will be punished if you don't adhere to this. Taoism's great, because it's like, take it or leave it. You know, take and, it or leave it, but it works. <laughs> that's why we do it. And, and one of the great uh, Taoist sages, uh, 
Lu Dongbin, you know, he said, you know, just turn the light around. Turn the light of consciousness around and just see what's there. And what's there is you in the present moment, in the Tao, which, as my Zen master said, is filled with the, the unfolding infinite eternal universe. Everything is actually there. We just can't perceive it. Mm-hmm. We just can't see it. We just can't feel it. Why? Because we're not in the moment. In the moment. You're missing it. You're missing it. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's an interesting journey. It's a fascinating journey, and uh, it, it's ever in, enriching, you know, every time we turn the light around and just take a look. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you want to quickly go over the listener mail? Cause okay. It was actually pretty short. Okay. Her question, I think it was her, yeah. Yeah. Stephanie, uh, yeah, her question. Yes, I have a question about meditating. I tried meditating with the app Headspace. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. However, I began to notice the more I meditated, the more I would often have bursts of anger. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was repressing any anger, but I've experienced PTSD, depression, and general heavy things that happen in life, including the death of family members. Question, is it possible that meditating brings some of these feelings closer to the surface? I wasn't angry while meditating. I was quite relaxed and enjoyed it. Two, is this a normal reaction? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that was a great point because, you know, sometimes when we get into a relaxed state, that's why it comes up often in sleep, dreamings. We have troubled thoughts or dreams even. Mm. And when we're meditating or doing uh, some type, something that gets us into a, a more relaxed state of consciousness, our usual barriers uh, or boundaries to more unpleasant things that might have happened in our life get relaxed and those feelings, those thoughts, those memories can flood back it's and, like, oh. and can sometimes overwhelm people and cause them to have a, a panic attack or go into states of depression. And um, so what that is showing us, there's a lesson here. <laughs> yeah. you know, and the lesson is that we're carrying an emotional charge that we need to resolve. You know, So... We might need a period of uh, psychotherapy, some counseling, because there are actually ways now, you know, through counseling and psychotherapy to detoxify some of our memories and to take the emotional charge out of a lot of the maybe more unfortunate episodes that people have experienced uh, in their lives. Mm -hmm. That can be done. That can definitely be done. And so sometimes we, it's almost like a little gift, you might say, that, oh, I noticed that this bothers me. This triggers me, perhaps. And so that's, you know, we talk about turning the light around. It's saying, okay, we need to turn the light around a little bit, examine this, and then deal with it, process it. Because what isn't processed tends to become repressed. Uh. And, 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 and it's consigned to what you know, Carl Jung called the shadow. But, in, you know, in a shadow follows, you know, in a, kind of behind each person. But what's following behind you out of your awareness can literally stab you in the back, yeah. you know, when you least expect it. <laughs> so it's like in this uh, meditative state, it's almost like some people, they're totally cool. They have a couple of drinks and they go to the dark side. They get mm-hmm. angry. They get judgmental. Uh, past trauma comes out that they begin talking about because they've mm-hmm. got relaxed. There may be medi- meditation, right? unlock the pathway to those things coming up from the subconscious? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, you know, and, and, you know, and also I mentioned, you know, that negative things that have happened, you know, say the same negative 
set of circumstances happens to person A, and person A becomes anxious, depressed, PTSD, etc., through no fault of their own. Another person had the same experience, but maybe they got some help, or maybe they just had a different take, a different perspective on it, and they could say, you know, the fact that that happened to me now is leading me to make sure that I live my life in a way that leads to very different type of outcomes. Uh, my uh, caretakers treated me this way, abused me, abandoned me. I'm going to make sure that I never do that, you know, yeah. so that I will create a generation of people that are really well-balanced and healthy and happy. So it's like I'm using what was a negative and I'm turning it into a positive. Yes. You know, you know in terms of how I decide that I'm going to live my life and how I'm going to uh, interact with my children. So negative events can be transformed into, you know, the, uh, I think one of Ram Dass's um, uh, books called Grist for the Mill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it can be Grist for the Mill. And out of that, uh, you know, Grist can come, you know, something that can become very productive and constructive and creative. You know, we can use what was traumatic and create something that is very different mm -hmm. as a result. And uh, it, so that negative can become a positive script for how to live a, a better and more fulfilling life, you know, if we look at it that way. Yeah. Definitely. And we may need help, but that's okay. Help us out there. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do every day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Actually. Chapter 65 of the Tao Te Ching. Yes. In the beginning, those who knew the Tao did not try to enlighten others, but kept them in the dark. Why is it so hard to rule? Because people are so clever. Rulers who try to use cleverness cheat the country. Those who rule without cleverness are a blessing to the land. Those are the two alternatives. Understanding these is the primal virtue. Primal virtue is deep and far. It leads all things back towards the great oneness. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, uh, Lao Tzu, you know, lived in a time of great uh, unrest <laughs> in China. And I often say, you know, the history of the world is pretty much history of unrest. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, we we haven't learned how to live in harmony with the Tao, with each other, with our neighbors. You know, you know, the, and, and so uh, there, there's always things that we could do, and um, leaders, uh, you know, who are they're, they're charged with you know, creating the conditions for uh, managing their uh, area of responsibility, whether that's a country, a household, a company, a corporation, you know, whatever it is, a school. So throughout the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu was offering advice often to rulers, mm -hmm. you know. The primal virtue, he said, was to understand that leading without cleverness or manipulation, really, was the way to move forward towards what he called the great oneness, allowing others to find their own way, because they are already clever. You know, they if, you know they 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 have their own way. Uh, was advised, and otherwise it was hard to rule. He said, you know, in other chapters, you know, Lao Tzu has stated that a ruler should be almost invisible, but create the conditions for people to find their own way to get their needs met. You know, just to provide the conditions for things to meet people's needs, and then you wouldn't have to manipulate, dominate, control, and you know, try to force them to to and bend you know to the the leader's 
will. Uh, Lao Tzu felt that the, the, the most efficient and effective leader was one who was almost invisible, didn't have to boast or brag or you know, talk about themselves, but the people almost forgot there even was a leader you know, because the leader just quietly did their job and helped, was in tune with the flow of the Tao and just ensured that the Tao, the conditions for the Tao unfolding were always there. And then people would meet their needs naturally and didn't have to be you know, bowing down to the leader or saying, oh, what a great leader we have. The leader was invisible, mm-hmm. but their presence was felt yeah. because everything was working. Right. And that was you know, the Taoist way. Those were the, you know, the leader uh, uh, helped things to work properly without taking credit. It was a facilitator allowing things to flourish. Yeah, that versus... was a that was a truly great leader. Yeah. How different from today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and they say, you know, those who rule without cleverness are a blessing to the land. And yes. and I think when he when Lao Tzu was talking about cleverness, he's talking about leaders who, you know, gaslight or are dishonest or misrepresent mm-hmm. facts in order right. to keep power and you know are Machiavellian mm-hmm. in their techniques um, versus those that are just telling you how it is that are that uh, aren't aren't lying and stick to principles yes. and are honest and and that, and if you try to think about the amount of leaders we've had in this country that are that way I could count them on my hand, right? And, and, and have fingers left, probably. <laughs> right. And all of them are somewhere trying to manipulate you or get you to believe their mm-hmm. agenda or whatever. You know? I remember I was talking about flow. Uh, yeah. A great leader creates the condition for flow to take place. And, you know, when you think about a, a body of water that's moving and flowing, and if, you, if the leader can create abundant water... That and when, so that everything is flowing in the right direction, and then everybody can get on board and flow to their own goals and and meets you know everything that they need to be successful and content, serene and happy in life. That's a great leader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a great leader. Yeah, because I mean, a leader should. I I don't believe a, a leader should be someone saying, "Come on, everybody, go this way. Follow me. Lead me the way." The leader should just give have everyone be empowered enough to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because how many actual leaders, if they were walking down the street, would I want to follow them? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> there is nobody, really. I want to follow me and do exactly. what I want to do. I don't care exactly. about anybody else's agenda. And the great leader is the one who creates the conditions for that fulfillment to take place. Right. Don't tell me, like, what was it? I think Pendulet, the magician, had a great thing, and he goes, you know... I can be honest and say I don't know what's best for everyone, <laughs> right? And Great. Anybody who claims to know they know what's best for everyone is full of it, right? <laughs> or they're dumb, you know. They're either dumb or lying, to you, right? So, <laughs> and what we should do from a person like that is run in the opposite direction, right? <laughs> yes, because you know they're just there to manipulate you, <laughs> right? You know, I know what's best for you, Doctor. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, and also, I was looking at Derek Lynn's translation here and mm. saying that you know the. They're talking about the two types of people. Um, there are those, there are leaders who manipulate 
try to manipulate people and they have all these techniques they use to do mm -hmm. so, these techniques of persuasion. Uh, and then, and then, but there are those that choose to lead honestly and be invisible. And the primal virtue is knowing both but keeping to one of yes. them. Right? So yes. you should know the, the techniques your leaders are, are, are using to manipulate you. Um, but you should, just because you know them doesn't mean you should use them on people. Mm -hmm. And it's something that uh, as somebody who's worked in advertising for a lot of my life, I've studied the dark arts mm -hmm. and have tried to be ethical in using them, <laughs> right? But which is not always easy, mm -hmm. you know, especially when there's a paycheck attached to it. Yeah, I was going to say there's external forces, you know, you know, the, the, you know, the managers and, and, you know, corporate officers, you know, who want a certain outcome. Yes. And they want it quickly. Yes. Know, like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they they got to sell products, right? Yes. You know. Um, and, but, it's, and it's never enough. <laughs> oh, no, of course not. No, we got to do better than last it's year. never enough. We yeah. gotta, uh, you want the stocks to keep going up and up and up and up and up. Right? We want impossible uh, growth all the time. Mm -hmm. Everything and, must be growing. And, of course, history tells us what happens when that becomes the uh, motif of a uh, stock market or of a society, what inevitably happens? What goes up must come uh, the down. The bubble burst, and then you have a depression yep. <laughs> or recession. Yes. And uh, everything, the clock has to reset, and it has to start all over again. So learning how to self-regulate, harmonize. You know, in fact, I, on our website, what's this, this Dow.com, there's a uh, section in there where they can uh, access my... Um, you know, for free. Mm -hmm. My 10-day uh, gong. Yes, if you just go scroll down. I think it's a show in the 40s, I think, is the 10-day gong. I might mm -hmm. be wrong, but you can download that. Just scroll well, through the we website. You should probably put it in, like under resources so people can just find it easily. That would yeah. be a good idea, yeah. Dr. <laughs> and uh, Because it's, it's a 10-day process, like 20 minutes a day, where it, I, I, I give some advice about how to... Put, uh, put your mind in alignment, how to put your body in alignment, how to, uh, how to put your breath in alignment, how to uh, uh, live a, a life day by day in the present moment that's in balance and in harmony. And uh, we, we're all creatures of habit. And so if we can create a new habit where that's what we're doing, we can actually create abundance and joy and serenity and happiness moment by moment by attending to the different aspects that each of us as a human being is carrying around. We all have a brain, we all have a body, we all have emotions, we all have an energy field, and we all have a spiritual essence. And that 10-day gong, which is a 10-day practice, by the way, you can extend it to 100 days, 1,000 days, it's up to you. rest of your life. The rest of your life. But that is a practice that gives you some tools to work on yourself so that the path continues to unfold in a harmonious and balanced way. And uh, that's kind of like a, a gift, a 2020 New Year's gift for everyone. Enjoy. Enjoy.